Edutainment Learning is powered by Academica Virtual Education and Collegia TV. For more information, visit www.edutainmentlearning.com. My name is Janine Yoss, and I am the founder of the Yoss Prize for Education, uh, three years old since COVID. That's just been growing um, excitement. It's um, it's been a great a great uh, idea over the last three years that we'd love to get get uh, amplified through younger children like you. So um, for us to begin today, uh, can do you mind if I just jump straight into student questions? Because we Go got right a lot. Ahead. I already sent you some. Um, can you talk to the kids about what made you originally get passionate about working in education? Because you've done so much when it comes to school choice. And uh, where did that initial spark start? So I guess it was probably about 25 years ago when we, um, I'm the mother of four adult children now, but when our first two boys started school, I befriended a gentleman um, at a private school where our boys were attending, whose children were on scholarship there. Uh, they were from the inner city. And I was curious where his children would have gone to school if they had not gotten into this exclusive boys school, um, just because I had the same uh, process of shopping around for the best school for my own children and decided to choose that school. But when he showed me the schools where his sons would have attended, I was just blown away by how bad they were, oftentimes violent. Um, and the fact that they had the opportunity to escape that was just um, really motivating for me to to provide that for more children in the cities. The starting in Philadelphia, and then we'd started to expand across the country with charter schools and schools of choice for poor children. Now, did you have this is a question for me? Did you ever have like an aha moment, like, "Hey, we're on to something"? Yes, I, I have to say it was the beginning of our first charter school, the Boys Latin School in West Philadelphia, which we modeled after this private prep school curriculum. Uh, when I saw the demand uh, that that was uh, out there for more schools, it, it blew me away. We didn't even have a school building yet. We didn't even have teachers hired, but we had a line around the block for kids, parents signing up their kids for this school, trying to have an, a better choice than the local high school that they were you know, zoned to for their zip code. I would definitely say that is definitely a huge aha moment when you have a line going around the block. Um, so uh, one of the students, they wanted to know, how has the YAS Prize adapted its goals and strategies in response to challenges presented by the COVID-19 pandemic? So the first thing that um, we realized during COVID when the schools shut down, most of the public schools in the country in Philadelphia, New York, uh, parents were really stuck home with their children. They couldn't even go to work because they they had needed childcare. Um, it was so important to get them back into their seats and open schools. And because of COVID, we were able to, because we didn't have to ask permission from a school board or from a mayor to start opening learning pods for poor kids, for charters to open their doors because they worked independently of private, of public schools. So it was really this permissionless piece of our, our award. Um, we, we have four elements called STOP. One is for sustainability, one is for transformation, 
One is for uh, outstanding schools and the other one is for those schools to be permissionless. I wasted so many um, so many dollars and so much time waiting for permission to open charter schools that um, we were always, we were denied. And actually a lot of major cities now just put a uh, moratorium on them. So we decided that this permissionless piece that grew out of uh, COVID was really, um, really an incredible element uh, to, make, to make schools, you know, open without wasting that time and money. And you guys have done a lot of work. Can you talk a little bit about the number of people who have put in uh, for the Ask Prize for the Stop Award? Because you guys have gone through a few rounds of that, correct? Right. This is our third year. We're in the the process of picking our major uh, prize winner in December, which the, the grand prize will be a million dollars for the school educational provider. Um, we had over 2,700 applications this year and we um, boiled it down to 64 uh, finalists. And now we just selected 32 of those finalists to go forward for the million dollar prize. And you guys have done a lot. The demand is out there. The demand that their their education um, entrepreneurs are out there, and they need this sort of seed money to get started, so they could open uh, open their doors to more children. Yeah, there's definitely a huge need for that. And you touched on that earlier when you were talking about uh, serving underserved students um, regarding the the boys Latin Charter School. Can you talk to the kids? Because one of the kids had mentioned they wanted to know what steps. Uh, were taken to address the needs of those underserved communities? Well, the steps that were being taken at the public level really were not enough. I mean, a lot of kids were leaving their schools. A lot of schools, there's a school here called Stra Strawberry Mansion High School that was originally designed for something like 3,000 students. And I think it's down to 300 students. Um, they were not... Um, they were not consolidating schools to take advantage of, you know, making resources work for, for fewer kids in um, those big, big institutional um, public high schools. So um, I think what the charter operators can do is go in and be much more sensitive to their kids' needs um, and be able to let more of the money follow the child instead of the money going to these big systems that are you know, heating these dinosaur buildings with no kids in them. So charters and school choice just gives much more flexibility with how the dollars are, are, are directed to children. Thank you for that. Um, we have a question from Maria and Maria is in Spain. Maria, uh, you should be able to unmute to ask. You had a very good question for Janine. Okay. Uh... So my question is, or do you think the public school system needs to work with for the school to be more beneficial to the students? I think the public schools need to, like my experience was taking cues from what parents wanted, how they were lined up to sign up for different schools. I think public schools need to be more flexible to look at what schools parents want and then release money to follow those kids to schools where they want to go instead of just, you know, making it mandatory to attend failing schools in their zip code area. Um, I think that if kids 
like their school and want to go there is the first step in in having a good education. Uh, most of the kids don't have a choice and they they don't want to be in their schools and they they can't they can't break free of that with the way public schools want to um, stop providing charter charter school options or other private school options where some some states like Florida, uh, Arizona, let that public school money follow the child to the school that they want to go to. It might be a trade school. It might be an art school. And that's where that's where that kind of contentment um, can lead to much better educational outcomes. Um, one of our kids, they, they wanted to know, how do you envision the future of individualized 21st century education opportunities? And what role do you think technology will play in, in that future? So that was another aha moment during COVID when we invented this prize was the transformational piece. Everyone thought just by distributing laptops and Chromebooks to kids that they were just automatically gonna like magically learn from, from their screens. And when I went behind some of the after-school programs where we donated laptops and Chromebooks, there was no content on the screens. They weren't able to get good cur curriculum. Um, now, your students and students that are able to download good content use uh, Khan Academy curriculums. That is how kids want to learn today. And what made it was very obvious during COVID was that education has not caught up with all the technology that's out there. Um, my kids even used to say, oh, you know, they, they were able to afford to go to great private schools, but half the days they'd be like, oh, I didn't learn anything in school today. They were in these big antiquated auditoriums listening to one oftentimes bad teacher. Um, and now that this is at everyone's fingertips, this great content, um, we hope that that more schools, and it can also streamline finances with, with um, cost be, being more cost effective for students to be in the front of like say the greatest algebra one teacher everyone could have that in the country but again systems are not allowing that and people that are afraid of ai and technology um coming into you know transform education well the big systems are not going to allow that so unless they're able to break through that um education is just going to continue to be this archaic uh, model that's it's it's not like that's not happening in any other in any other industry in the country um are releasing you know new technologies to transform cars or how you know technology for TVs and but education will not allow that in so one of the one of our goals for every forum is to um award great ed tech providers to to um help with this cause that's that's very helpful uh, to a lot because you know a lot of the teachers them being on the front lines they have those big those great ideas but they they don't have any wind in those sails so to speak so thank you for your work with that um, as somebody who has uh, such influence and um, such uh, you know your finger to the pulse because we've read some of the stuff that's been published uh, regarding your work. Uh, what would you say uh, your plans are to improve education in public schools in, in America? Like, what would be your vision for that to improve that situation? So I hope that by providing, you know, more and more seed money each year, right now, this is our third year. So we have a network of probably close to 
uh, 300 education providers and, and, and tech people that are out there across the country forming networks um, from being together in different um, conventions and summits with us. So it's sort of a movement that's growing. For example, uh, last year's prize winner was a woman that created an autism high school in Arizona and befriending some of our other award winners, she is now expanding her model to other states. And then with that kind of bandwagon growing, we hope that the governors of states will realize that they need to release funds where kids want to go. Again, if someone has an autistic child, not to have the option to go to a better autistic school for them is just, it's, it's heart-wrenching. So we hope that this network that we've built up will continue to pressure uh, politicians, governors, local people to allow school choice for more children around the country. That's wonderful. Um, wonderful. And thank you again for your work. Um, so that brings us to our next question. We'll do a couple more questions on what, then we'll let you go. Um, so looking to the future, how do you see the YAS prize evolving and what long-term changes do you hope to see in education as a result of your, your work, your advocacy? One of the things that we created another silo for our philanthropy was to award governors that allow education savings accounts in their states. Again, um, one, one piece, and I would like to get this out to the, the kids here online today, is that it really is important that you and your families talk to your local representatives, your mayors, your state reps, to let them know that this is important to you. It's not important to me, my kids are already out of school, but it's important for all kids to have that kind of educational freedom. And if the politicians don't know this, they are going to just keep everything status quo. So for you guys all out there that have this opportunity for better education, you know, all your friends should have that, all your siblings, all your cousins. Um, it shouldn't just be limited to people that are out there in a safe spot today. We need to grow this. It's um, it's it's really what we call the civil rights issue of our time that all kids have that kind of choice to go where they want to go with the money that's in the system now. This, it's not like it needs a lot more money. It actually could be run on less money. Charters work, um, some of them are half the cost of what the public schools are paying and they're out, their outcomes are much better. So we all need to advocate for this as, as a, a, a big network for school choice for everyone. I know that's a big thing out here in Nevada. For every dollar spent for a, a regular district uh, student, we do the same, if not more, with 70 cents. Um, so you, you couldn't be more correct about that. Uh, so if you guys want to learn more, definitely check out yasprize.org and we'll have that in the video for you. Um, so our final question is what advice would you give to students who want to advocate for better education opportunities within their com own communities? Now, I know you just answered that. So we'll, we'll have a, a caveat to that. In addition to that, what advice would you have for these kids interested in pursuing careers in education? Because we have a lot of kids from around the uh, world right now who are probably going to be coming here to America eventually. And we have a teacher shortage here in America. So what kind of uh, advice could you impart on them? 
I think there will never be enough good teachers out there in the country. And I also think that good teachers should make more money than they make today. The reason they don't make more money, good teachers, is because everyone has to be on a certain level of pay. So you could be the best teacher in the building and then someone next door to you could literally be on their phone and reading the newspaper all day and they will get paid the same amount of money. There is no there is no kind of um, connection with good teaching versus their pay. Um, this is another thing we want to disrupt. But any other careers that you guys go into, you can knit into education. One of the big things that is holding this back is how media covers this this topic. Um, we do not get welcomed in presses. We get attacked in presses for trying to do this in newspapers, on TV, as if we're stealing children. We are just taking cues for where kids want to go and where they should be able to go for education. Um, but the media does not cover it that way. And you, you should be aware of that. And don't believe everything you read about um, how this is trying to destroy public education in America. I mean, most of the people that are against this, the politicians, don't send their children to public schools. Our mayor, our governor, they all went to private schools. Our new mayor coming in sends their child to a very expensive private school, yet they will not let other, other kids have that same choice. So we all have to um, be aware of these talking points and these um, to be able to bust the myths that are out there about school choice. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today, Janine. And personally, as a teacher of almost 20 years and as a father, just thank you for your tireless work of being such a champion as far as improving education in our country. And you, you had a quote uh, that I, I see online. We want to help more children have better options because we believe education could improve the rest of their lives. And you are truly doing that. And we look forward to seeing all the awesome stuff coming forward with the Yaz Prize, uh, the STOP Award in, in future years. So before we let you go, I uh, traditionally will unmute everybody. If we can all just say thank you to Janine for spending time with us today, and then I'll end the meeting for all. So thank you so much for um, spending time with us. And uh, we cannot thank you enough for all of your tireless work. Thank you so much, Janine. Thank you. 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 You're so welcome. Bye. Thank you.